Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, God With Us. This four-week Christmas series looks at God as Emmanuel, God With Us. We'll take a closer look at how God is with us through the valley, in the desert, on the mountain, and in the waiting. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Merry Christmas. Uh, We're in this uh, series that we're going to conclude today calling uh, uh, God With Us. Um, You know, in this joyous season of so much celebration and happiness, it can be hard to experience the total opposite, but that's that's where I found myself last weekend. Uh, Some of you know that my friend and my mentor uh, drowned in a snorkeling accident in Antigua the day before Thanksgiving, and uh, a, a week later, um, I was able to get in touch with his wife and, uh, and his sons and just care for them and pray with them. And then a week after that, she called me and said, would you come to Michigan and would you uh, do Daryl's service? And I said, you know, I, let, me, let me do some thinking and some praying and, and I'll get back to you. Because the reality was we were in the midst of our Christmas season here. Our, our men's pig roast was going to be that Saturday. Um, and, the, and the service was going to be in Michigan, north of Detroit, um, And the service was going to be at 1 p.m. And I was going to have to catch the last flight out. And the forecast said there was snow coming in that weekend. And I was going, I don't even know if I can make it. So, you know, Cynthia and I talked. I talked with our staff and some of our leaders and prayed. And just really sensed that God was saying, Clark, you need to go. Uh, you, you need to go and you need to um, care for this family. You need to honor, honor their life, honor your, your mentor's life. And, and so, um, you know, I did. I decided to go, and um, so during that week in preparation, you know, I spent some time talking with and praying for the, with the family as they remembered their husband and their dad, and when I got to Michigan on that Friday, I, I met with the family in person. We talked, and we prayed some more, and Saturday morning, it, it dawned, and it was cold, and it was gray, and I, I spent some time praying for the family that morning, and, and I went over my notes And then I went to the church. It was going to be a marathon because they were having two hours of visitation before the service. The service was going to be at one, followed by a dinner for everybody that had come. And when I got to the church, I found myself in this sanctuary of this beautiful old country church, decorated for Christmas and the celebration that Jesus had come to earth to be God with us. And the young pastor the day before had uh, contacted me. He's just out of seminary. He had never done a memorial service. And he said, uh, what do we do? I said, do, should, we light the, he goes, should we light the Christmas tree and the Advent candles for the, the memorial service? And I smiled. I said, of course we should. Because we want everybody to know that in the midst of this sadness and in the midst of this loss, that Jesus is still with us right then at that moment. So there we were on the day of my friend's memorial service with all the decorations that symbolize that Jesus is God with us. And that's when I realized it, that God was visibly present in the body of Christ in the church that day. You see, I saw God working through the body of Christ as the members of that church prepared for an overflow service, setting up chairs and and 
creating an overflow room with closed circuit TV. I saw members of the church caring for this family, doing whatever it took to take care of their needs in the midst of their grief. And I saw them care for this family in this crowded little church. The Spirit of God inhabited the followers of Christ who came from near and far to love on and to care for this family and remember this brother in Christ who had touched their lives over his lifetime. There were hugs and there were tears and there was laughter as we remembered and celebrated my friend's life. And there was renewed faith as the gospel of Jesus was shared and people responded. You know, indeed, I could say that God was present in that place and that God was with us. But that's not all. You know, as the conversations continued after the meal, excuse me, after the service at the meal, I learned some more of the ways that God was being present and using people to care for this grieving family. Uh, my friend, who was now a widow, would be returning to a very empty and lonely house. But I learned that uh, two of her friends uh, had made plans to come and stay with her uh, as she went through this new experience in her life. I learned that some other friends had uh, contributed funds to pay for her son and his family to come and make it to the service, traveling from a long way away. And, of course, not surprisingly, I discovered that uh, her home was overflowing with, with gifts of food and meals. You know, as I watched that all unfold, I was able to say, you know, indeed, God is present. God is with us in that moment. And I can say that right now, that God is with us, too. This morning, I want to remind you of three biblical truths that we celebrate this time of year. And then I'm going to give you a fourth thing to really ponder and embrace. But here's the first thing that I want us to remember, and it's this. God with us was promised. What do I mean by that? God with us was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah, and this is what he wrote in the seventh chapter of his book of prophecy. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. God promised through the prophet that God would be with us. And God sent Jesus, and the disciples recognized that he was the fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah spoke. In fact, when Matthew, the disciple who was a tax collector, was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down the story of Jesus' life and ministry, he actually saw it and recognized it. And this is what he wrote in the first chapter of his gospel. He said, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew saw it. He saw the fulfillment. He saw that God prophesied through the prophet, and that prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus. And we see it 
actually in all the Gospels. So not only was it promised, this is what I want you to see, you can, when you read through the Gospels, you will know it, that, that God with us, it begins. So in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see the, the life of Jesus. We see his ministry. We see him being God with us. But, but John, in the first chapter, really encapsulates what happened. He writes, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word, we know, is a name for Jesus, the living Word of God. And the, gospel tells, the Gospels tell us what it was like for Jesus to live among His people. So, God with us came fulfilled the prophecy that was made. Now, we know that Jesus ascended into heaven, but here's what we need to know is that God with us did not end when Jesus died, nor did it end when he ascended into heaven. So here's the the third thing that I want you to know about God with us, and it's this. God with us continues. That's right. Going back to the Gospel of John, Jesus is telling what's going to happen once he leaves. And the disciples don't understand this, but we have the beauty of 2020 hindsight and knowing the whole story. But in, Matthew, in John 14, this is what he said, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. Jesus is talking about the fact that he and the Father send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us and we know that he is God with us continuing because when we come to faith in Jesus, he comes to dwell in us. And this is what the apostle Paul wrote about this in the letter to the church in Corinth. He said, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us to remind us that God is with us. So those are the three things that I want you to remind you of, but but here's really what I want to dive in deep, and it's this. It's this idea that God is with us always. He's with us always. You know, if you believe and know that God is with you always, then you have to ask yourself a question. And here's the question. How will we live differently because God is with us? How will I live differently because God is with me? How will we live differently because God is with us? Here's the first thing that will happen if we live differently because God is with us. We will live knowing that we are never alone. We'll live knowing that we're never alone. Remember, uh, before Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, he said this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, as you live and breathe at this very moment, you are not alone. If you were the only person in this room, you would not be alone. God is with us. 
So the Bible gives us this understanding that we have one God who comes to us in three persons. This is called the doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So even though Jesus ascended to heaven after he made this promise to be with us, both he and God, the Father, gave us the Holy Spirit. So Jesus promised to be with us always is fulfilled through the Holy Spirit. And you know, the reality is this. We see God's promise from the Old Testament quoted in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews where God says this, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we have this promise that that God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We'll never be alone. God made that promise even before Jesus came to earth. And he kept that promise through Jesus. And God continued to keep that promise when he poured out the Holy Spirit on every one of his sons and daughters who come to faith in Jesus Christ today. You are never alone. God is with you right now. He's with you all the time. You know, as we've said through this series, throughout this month, God is with us in all of life. He's with us in the good times. He's with us in the bad times. God is with us in the valleys. God is with us in the wilderness. God is with us in the storms of life. God is with us on the mountaintop highs. God is always with us. Because we know that God is with us always, we will live knowing that we're never alone. And we will live knowing that we have a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Why is that important? Because the Bible tells us that the God who is with us has given us what we need to live being the hands of Christ the heart of Christ, the feet of Christ, to be the body of Christ, to serve him and others. The Apostle Paul tells us this in 2 Timothy. He says this. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So what does that mean to us? Well, first, it means you do not have to be afraid of anything in this world, and you don't have to be afraid of what God asks of you or what he calls you to be or calls you to do. It means you have the power to do all things through Christ who gives you strength and who gives you the Holy Spirit to empower you. And it means you can love all people as Christ loves you. Now, think that one through. You know what? There are people in your life that you will probably say, you know, Clark, I cannot love them, and I understand what you're saying. But as far as God is concerned, there is no one who is unlovable. There is no person who doesn't deserve to be loved, and God loves everybody, and he calls us to love everybody, and to do that, he's given us a spirit of power and love. So he wants us to do that. He wants us to love all people as Christ loves us. And that means that we have this sound mind, so we're supposed to live in a God-honoring way, loving people as he loves them. 
So because we know that God is with us always, we will live knowing that we're never alone. And we will live knowing that we have a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And we will live knowing that we're ambassadors for Christ. We're called to be the body of Christ with other Christians. Let me remind you of what the Apostle Paul wrote as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit because it's a powerful verse and it has implications for us. He says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. There's three parts to this verse that every single one of us, every single follower of Jesus Christ has to recognize and own as part of their calling and their identity as followers of Jesus. Two of them are very clear and explicit, but the other one is implied. So let's, let's look at them. The first one says, is this. If you believe in and you follow Jesus, you're his ambassador. That means you're his representative. Think about that. An ambassador to another country will represent the president or the prime minister or the leader of that country to all other foreign dignitaries when that leader can't be present. As ambassadors for Christ, we represent Jesus everywhere we go. We represent Jesus when we recognize we're representing Jesus and even when we're not cognizant of it. And we have to decide, are we going to seek to represent him well? Are we going to be conscious of that? You know, the reality is this. Being an ambassador for Christ, it's not a job. It's not a calling. It's part of our identity. So, you know, you may say, well, uh, you know, I I have a calling to be a teacher or a calling uh, to be a musician. Maybe you do. That's great. Being an ambassador for Christ isn't a calling. It's part of every Christian's identity. It's part of who we are, and we're doing it well or we're not doing it well. We have to decide. So think that through. When you wake up in the morning, you're a representative for Christ. When you go to bed tonight, you're a representative for Christ. When you're uh, going through the ups and the downs of life, you're a representative for Christ. When you're with friends or when you're with enemies, you're a representative for Christ. So seek to honor God as you represent him wherever you go. The second explicit message for an ambassador of Christ is this, that we have to tell others to be reconciled to God. In other words, We have to accept that Jesus died to pay for our sins so that we could be forgiven and know God and spend forever in eternity, and we have to share that message with others. So think about this. I believe that God has placed each one of us in a sphere of influence, a circle of relationships or friends, whatever you want to call. Some of them are friends, some of them are acquaintances. Some of them you sort of know, some of them you know really well. The reality is this, I believe that God has placed us in that sphere of influence to be an ambassador for Christ and share about the saving grace of Jesus with them. You and I are ambassadors So we need to tell them about Jesus. So let me say this. If I've never made it clear, then I apologize. This is a big picture about what the church is supposed to be. The church 
of Jesus Christ, this church, all churches, they do not exist, the church does not exist for you and me, the people who believe. The church exists primarily for those who are yet to believe. In this church, our statement of faith says this, we believe that God has laid upon the members of the local church the primary task of giving the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost world. It's the primary task. It's what we're about. We need to share with people who don't know Jesus about him. The reality is this. We are the church and therefore we exist not for our happiness, not to be a club of insiders, but to reach the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the primary task of the body of Christ. Once we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are all commissioned members, members, of Jesus' team. We're all ambassadors. And we're supposed to reach the world for Christ. We don't exist for those of us who are on the inside. We exist to reach those who are on the outside. And each one of us has a sphere of influence, a circle of relationships where there are people who know us and would trust us telling them about what Jesus means to us And because of that, we're actually probably the best qualified people to share Christ with them. Think that one through about your circle of influence. Now, I will say this. If you haven't been cognizant and aware of the fact that you represent Jesus as an ambassador 24-7 and you haven't lived in God-honoring ways, you're going to have to maybe ask for some forgiveness along the way from God and from those maybe that you've been a bad witness to. But, but here's the idea. We are ambassadors for Christ. We need to share the good news of Jesus just like somebody shared it with us. Think about it. Somewhere along the way, somebody was an ambassador for Christ in your life, and they share with you the saving message of faith in Jesus Christ, and you decided to believe in him and accept that he died on a cross for your sins and that he rose again from the dead and you decided to follow him. And because that ambassador shared that with you, your life has been forever changed. But there are literally millions of people in this world who don't know that message, and some of them are in your circle of friendships and relationships, even in your family. And it's not a uh, once-and-done message. Sometimes it's actually living out the message more than speaking the message but it takes both, and you have to be willing to do both. Let me remind you that you do not need to be afraid because, what did we learn earlier? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we can walk in that truth. So those are the obvious, the explicit messages from that verse. But there's also an implied message about what it means to be an ambassador for Christ to care for those in need who need to experience the love of God in their lives. Now think this one through. In your sphere of influence, there might be brothers and sisters in Christ who are hurting, who who need a reminder that God loves them and that God is with them. And they need to realize that God is real. And here's a revelation, I hope. 
God wants you to reach those people that you know who are hurting. He wants me to reach those people that I know who are hurting. In fact, he wants us as the body of Christ to care for those people from multiple different people. That's why it's not one of us, it's many of us. Now, Jesus talked about caring for people. If you don't believe me, read Matthew 25 and see the story that Jesus tells about the king. He talked about caring for people. There are people who need food and clothes and shelter, and we need to care for them. Yesterday, Cynthia and I went down to uh, help at the street church. Street church is uh, a church that meets on the steps of City Hall in Hartford. Every Saturday, they set up at at 11 o'clock, and then at 12 o'clock, they have a service, and they minister to people and and care for them. And so we were there handing out food and uh, hot beverages and even Christmas gifts. And um, street church, once a month, hands out uh, new socks and new underwear to people. And so this uh, homeless man came through and he said, I I need some socks. They don't have any socks. And sure enough, he had no socks. There was this young man there who heard this. And he sat down and he took off his shoes. He said, I just got these socks. They're brand new. I haven't worn them more than an hour. I want you to have them. In his circle of influence, at that immediate moment, there was somebody who needed help, who needed care, who needed a pair of socks. And he gave his away. You and I have been put in a circle of influence. And it may be something spontaneous like happened yesterday, but it may be somebody that's in an ongoing relationship with you. So let's think this through, okay? There are people who need food and clothing and shelter. When Jesus talked about that, we understand that. But he went on and he talked about for for caring uh, for people um, and caring for them in real and tangible ways. So think about this. You know, maybe you know somebody who has a a kid with uh, with special needs and you love that kid and you love that family, but but maybe that family needs to know how much you care for them and you want to step into their life and understand them because they experience things that are challenging that some of us take for granted. Maybe you know somebody, somebody in your circle of influence whose first language is not English, and you know them, and you say hi to them in English, but you've never taken the time to learn to say, hi, how are you in their language? Maybe there's somebody in your circle of influence Who's going to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day all alone? No family, no friends to eat with, to share a meal with. Could you open up a seat at your table and invite them to come and eat with you and your family? We've been called to be ambassadors of Jesus. And that means to reach out to people, yes, who don't know him and need to understand that that Jesus came to earth, that he lived and he died to pay the price for our sins, that he rose again from the dead and he ascended to heaven so that we could receive forgiveness and 
be filled with the Holy Spirit and have power for living on earth, but also have the promise of eternal life. And there are millions of people who don't know that. And you're an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. We need to share that good news with them. And then there are people, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are just are going through a rough spell, like my friend my, who's a widow now. And they just need somebody to reach out to them. So I've been trying to reach out to her, even though she's in Michigan and I'm here. Who do you need to reach out to? This morning, I want to ask you to do something. In the seat back pocket in front of you, there's a card. It looks like this. It's a, it's a Christmas invite. So do me a favor. Everybody pull one out. If there's not one in front of you, reach over to the chair that, uh, where nobody's sitting and grab one. All right, you're an ambassador for Christ. You actually have been from the day you said you believed in Jesus. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take that card. I want you just to hold it in your hands open like that. Okay, and as you do that, I want you to think about somebody in your circle of influence who doesn't know about Jesus, who could really need an invitation to join you here on Christmas Eve or on some Sunday, or somebody who just needs you to reach out and care for them. And sometimes reaching out and caring just means giving somebody an invitation. And so with that person's name in your mind, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer silently. And there'll come a point in the prayer where it will be clear that I'm going to say, you fill in the name of that person. And I want you to pray for that person at that time. Maybe it's more than one. So praying over this card, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I'm just going to give this prayer to you a phrase at a time. Here's the first phrase. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to be God with us. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to give me power and love and a sound mind. In that love and with that power, help me to reach out to, and you fill in the blank. Prepare us for our conversation. Help me be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. Help me to love them like you love them. And help me make a difference as your ambassador. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.